Chapter Thirteen of the Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Repulse. At this point, Captain Derlay of the Switzers went up to the king to get orders from him or the major general. The latter perceived the good captain as he was looking for some usher to introduce him. "'What do you want, captain?' he inquired. "'You, my lord Charny, as you are the garrison commander, I want the final orders as the head of the insurrectionary column appears on the carousel.' "'You are not to let them force their way through, the captain having decided to die in the midst of us.' "'Rely on us, Major General.' briefly replied captain derlay going back to his men with this order which was their death sentence as he said the van of the rebels was in sight it was the thousand pikemen at the head of whom marched some twenty marseilles men and fifteen french guardsmen in the ranks of the latter gleamed the bullion epaulets of a national guards captain this young officer was ange pitou who had been recommended by Belay and was charged with a mission of which we shall hear more. Behind these, at a quarter-mile distance, came a considerable body of National Guards and Federals, preceded by a twelve-gun battery. When the garrison commandant's order was transmitted to them, the Swiss fell silently into line and resolutely stood with cold and gloomy firmness. Less severely disciplined, the National Guards took up their post more disorderly and noisily, but with equal resolution. The nobles badly marshaled, and armed with striking weapons only, as swords or short-range pistols, and aware that the combat would be to the death, saw the moment approach with feverish glee when they could grapple with their ancient adversary, the people the eternal athlete always thrown but growing the stronger during eight centuries while the besieged were taking places knocking was heard at the royal courtyard gate and many voices shouting a flag of truce over the wall at this spot was seen a white handkerchief tied to the tip of a pike staff roderer was on his way to the king when he saw this at the gate and ordered it to be opened the janitor did so, and then ran off as fast as he could. Roderer confronted the foremost of the revolutionists. "'My friends,' said he, "'you wanted the gate open to a flag of truce, and not to an army. Who wants to hold the parley?' "'I am your man,' said Pitou, with his sweet voice and bland smile. "'Who are you?' Captain Ange Pitou of the Harriman Federal Volunteers. Roderer did not know who the Harriman Federals were, but he judged it not worth the while to inquire when time was so precious. What are you wanting? I want way through for myself and my friends. Pitou's friends, who were in rags, brandished their pikes and looked with their savage eyes like dangerous enemies indeed what do you want to go through here for to go and surround the assembly we have twelve guns but shall not use ever one if you do as we wish what do you wish the dethronement of the king 
this is a grave question sir observed roderer very grave replied pitou with his customary politeness it calls for some debate that is only fair returned ange it is going on ten o'clock less the quarter said he if we do not have an answer by ten as it strikes we shall begin our striking too meanwhile i suppose you will let us shut the door pitou ordered his crowd back and the door was closed but through the momentarily open door the besiegers caught a glimpse of the formidable preparations made to receive them as soon as the door was closed pitou's followers had a keen desire to keep on parleying some were hoisted upon their comrades shoulders so that they could bestride the wall where they began to chat with the national guardsmen inside they shook hands with them and they were merry together as the quarter of an hour passed then a man came from the palace with the word that they were to be let in the invaders believed that they had their request granted and they flocked in as soon as the doors were open like men who had been kept waiting all in a heap they stuck their caps on their pikes and whooped hurrah for the nation long live the national guard the swiss forever the national guard echoed the shout of the nation but the swiss kept a gloomy and sinister muteness the inrush only ceased when the intruders were up to the cannon muzzles where they stopped to look around the main vestibule was crammed with swiss three deep on each step was a rank so that six could fire at once some of the invaders including pitou began to consider although it was rather late to reflect but though seeing the danger the mob did not think of running away it tried to turn it by jesting with the soldiers the guards took the joking as it was made but the swiss looked glum for something had happened five minutes before the insurrectionary column marched up in the quarrel between the guards and the grenadiers over the insult to manda the former had parted from the royalist guards and as they went off they said good-bye to the swiss whom they wanted to go away with them they said that they would receive in their own homes as brothers any of the swiss who would come with them two from the waldenses that is french swiss replied to the appeal made in their own tongue and took the french by the hand at the same instant two shots were fired up at the palace windows and bullets struck the deserters in the very arms of those who decoyed them away excellent marksmen as chamois hunters the swiss officers had nipped the mutiny thus in the bud it is plain now why the other swiss were mute the men who had rushed into the yard were such as always oddly run before all outbreaks they were armed with new pikes and old firearms that is worse than unarmed the cannoneers had come over to their side as well as the national guards and they wanted to induce the switzers to do the same they did not notice that time was passing and that the quarter of an hour pitou had given roderer had doubled it was now a quarter past ten they were having a good time why should they worry one tatter de maillon had not a sword or a pike but a pruning hook and he said to his next neighbor 
suppose i were to fish for a swiss good idea try your luck said the other so he hooked a swiss by the belt and drew him toward him the soldier resisting just enough to make out that he was dragged i have got a bite said the fisher for men then haul him in but go gently said his mate the man with the hook drew softly indeed and the guardsman was drawn out of the entrance into the yard like a fish from the pond onto the bank up rose loud whoops and roars of laughter try for another said the crowd the fisherman hooked another and jerked him out like the first and so it went on to the fourth and the fifth and the whole regiment might have melted away but for the order make ready take aim on seeing the muskets leveled with the regular sound and precise movement marking evolutions of regular troops one of the assailants there is always some crazy head to give the signal for slaughter under such circumstances fired a pistol at the palace windows during the short space separating make ready and fire in the command Pitou guessed what was going to happen flat on your faces he shouted to his men down flat or you are all dead men suiting the action to the word he flung himself on the ground before there was time for his advice to be generally followed the word fire rang in the entrance way which was filled with a crashing noise and smoke while a hail of lead was spit forth as from one huge blunderbuss the compact mass for perhaps half the column had entered the yard swayed like the wheat-field before the gust then like the same cropped by the scythe reeled and fell down hardly a third was left alive these few fled passing under the fire from two lines of guns and the barracks firing at close range the musketeers would have killed each other but for the thick screen of fugitives between this curtain was ripped in wide places four hundred men were stretched on the ground pavement three hundred slain outright the hundred more or less badly injured groaned and tried to rise but falling gave part of the field of corpses of movement like the ocean's swell frightful to behold but gradually all died out and apart from a few obstinate fellows who persisted in living all fell into immobility the fugitives scattered over the carousel square and flowed out on the waterside on one hand and on the street by the other yelling murder help we were drawn into a death-trap on the new bridge they fell in with the main body the bulk was commanded by two men on horseback closely attended by one on foot who seemed to have a share in the command help citizen santerra shouted the flyers recognizing in one of the riders the big brewer of saint antoine by his colossal stature for which his huge flemish horse was but a pedestal in keeping help they are slaughtering our brothers who are demanded the brewer general the swiss they shot us down while we were cheek by jowl with them a kissin em what do you think of this asked santerra of the second horseman faith me dink of dot military proverb which it say 
this soldier ought to march where he hear dat gun firing going on replied the other writer who was a small fair man with his hair cropped short speaking with a strong german accent suppose we go where the goons go off eh hi you had a young officer with you called out the leader on foot to one of the runaways i don't see anything of him he was the first to be dropped citizen representative and the more's the pity for he was a brave young chap yes he was a brave young man replied with a slight loss of color the man addressed as a member of the house and he shall be bravely avenged on you go citizen santerre i believe my dear belay said the brewer that in such a pinch we must call experience into play as well as courage as you like in consequence i propose to place the command in the hands of citizen westerman a real general and a friend of danton offering to obey him like a common soldier i don't care what you do if you will only march right straight ahead said the farmer do you accept the command citizen westerman asked santerre i do said the russian laconically in that case give your orders forwards shouted westerman and the immense column only halted for a breathing spell resumed the route as its pioneers entered at the same time the carousel by all gates eleven struck on the tuileries clocks end of chapter thirteen recording by john van stan savannah georgia